Well, good morning and welcome everyone to Live Dharma Sunday for February 28th, 2016. Koyo here, so very glad you joined us. As you know, this year's leap year. Tomorrow is um, the day that one day is added to February. Today is the 28th and tomorrow is the 29th. Uh, one time in every four years, you get an extra day in February. And, of course, leap means you leap over one day extra. But when I think of that word leap, uh, you know, to, to jump, um I think to me, I'm trying to use this leap year, of course, as in a kind of a spiritual growth. And if we just keep plugging along on our spiritual journey, sometimes it may be beneficial to take a leap instead of plugging along. It's sort of like when you cut, if you're traveling, uh, in the mountains, going up the mountain path, and you come to a chasm, and there's a saying that you cannot cross a chasm in two jumps. You gotta, or the word, or the phrase, leap of faith. So there's an aspect of, um, sort of the unknown, taking a chance, uh, is going beyond the usual way that we travel or make progress. Or, you know. So what does a leap might mean in terms of going on your spiritual path? It means, I think, to do something that a little different than you've been doing. And then I'm reminded of in the Shoshinge, which is a Pyramid Sutra by the founder, Shinran Shonin. In Shoshinge, the phrase Ocho occurs. And uh, written Chinese characters or kanji for Ocho means horizontal leap. A leap sideways. And I think, and what it refers to is exactly what I've been talking about. Where to do something out of the ordinary. Maybe it's, uh, I think in a lot of traditions, there's similar processes involved when you go on retreat or you go into the desert or you, you know, you, you do something different than usual. And why is it a sideways leap? Or sometimes it's called in more fancy terms, horizontal transcendence. To go sideways means, yeah, to go, to do something different. Um, 
and so I, I so that's what I want to do for myself and food for thought for the listeners this year leap year what kind of leap can I take rather than going along business as usual in my spiritual journey my aspirations and how I want to live and my values and priorities and so forth. What kind of leap sideways can I take rather than just plugging ahead, which is okay, of course. So that was a thought today when I thought about leap year. Well, for today's guest, to give us a Dharma glimpse is Patty Cayo, part of our LM4 group, Lay Minister 4 group. We're on our LM8 group now, so that's four years ago. And at that time, they were living, her and her husband, in fact, is another couple that went through the program together. And that's really great. We've had several, three, four couples that went through the program together. And I think that's just terrific. Uh, she and her husband lived in Southern California time, but since then, um, he's retired, and so they both have moved up to the Northwest in Washington, in the Seattle area, and are enjoying that area, and so let's call on Patty Cayo. Good morning, everyone. Um, Not too long ago, I walked into my bathroom, and on the countertop, I saw my hairbrush full of light-colored hair. Well, I'm a brunette. So in an instant, I came to the conclusion that someone, possibly my blonde daughter or maybe a neighbor, had gone into the back part of the house and used my hairbrush. Although both of these scenarios are wildly improbable, I nevertheless started to get quite irritated. And the more I thought about someone being in there using my things, the matter I got. Full of justifiable anger, I started planning on identifying the culprit and bringing them to justice, but first gather the evidence. So as I picked up my brush to clean the hair out, I glanced up in the mirror, and lo and behold, the hair in the brush was the same color as the hair on my head, gray. I guess I'd forgotten that now I have gray hair. When did that happen? But that's another story. The realization that I not only didn't recognize my own hair in the brush, but was able to create an entire whodunit out of thin air really got me to thinking. It forced me to look at how much of my reactions were self-serving and ego-driven, and in particular how quickly I went to the dark side. In this case, I took some neutral external circumstances and applied my internal filters, and I came up with the wrong conclusions. There's a Buddhist story which I think applies here. It's about a man who's walking home in the evening, and in the dim light he sees a snake in the road in front of him, and he practically jumps out of his skin with terror. How's he going to get home? On closer examination, the snake turns out to only be a piece of rope. In much the same way, I was seeing things the way I am and not the way things were. The speed with which I was able to concoct a conspiracy theory showed me that I walk around primed looking for snakes, I'm not proud of this insight, but I'm glad I was able to get a teaching from it 
and I'm very relieved that I looked at my own hair in the mirror before I started the interrogations. Thank you for the opportunity to share my Dharma glimpse. Thank you very much. You know, these are exactly the kind of Dharma glimpses from everyday experiences uh, that we encourage in our program where every week when they do do their uh, you know written assignments on an assigned reading and then every week they uh, these reports are posted and members of the group read them and and so forth but in addition every week there's sort of a rotation where each member of the group takes their turn in giving a Dharma glimpse and in a sense <clears throat> pairing and giving Dharma glimpses is an integral part of our program as it turns out not just the formal part of doing the assigned readings, writing the reports, and discussing these, but this side that, well, maybe what we might call a side thing, that be something that began as a side activity. Well, let's add this because it'd be, you know, if you become a lay minister, well, then people give Dharma talks. So we say a Dharma glimpse to make it less threatening consistent while giving a full-blown Dharma talk. We'll just give a Dharma glimpse. And we discuss how you do this, what it consists of, what is a Dharma glimpse, and they start getting experience giving Dharma glimpses. And as our administrative director, Adrian Sensei, has commented, What's up? What's up? Bright Dawn centers or method? It's giving Dharma glimpses, and um, she just hits it on the head when she makes observations like this. And what this many participants in our lay ministry study program have afterwards commented when you know they completed the program and a real uh, strong feature that impacted them was learned that the Dharma teachings are all over, not just in religious talks, religious books. The teachings are all over, and we learn to see them. And what better way than to look around and find these in your everyday life because you have to use a Dharma glimpse. Okay? And now they made, I think he said uh, something like, he was he was writing his report and he said, uh, <clears throat> he started to learn to see teachings all over and he goes, oh, this is sort of a result of perhaps uh, the Bright Tongue Lay program that I start to see all these things. That was a great observation and true statement, and it sort of validated to me, validated uh, our program, because uh, you you want to become this way, 
You don't want to just say, yeah, I know you should see teachings all over or everywhere. But to become, the only way to become that way, to get that habit, to get that attitude, is through repetition, is through doing it quite, a, quite frequently. You know? So I think it's no accident that everyday things, then to become aware, what's particularly important, I think, is when we, sometimes we do not see a Dharma teaching because our ego attitude, ego-centered, self-centered attitude makes us see things in a certain way. That, well... (laughs) I'm right. Others are wrong. And it's not the way things are. We see the world the way we are, not the way not the way the world really is. What what a tremendous statement. And then how does that play out in a person's life? So a really valuable, impactful Dharma glimpse is when we get a teaching that shows us hey, uh, wake up from our usual pattern of how we function watching out for oneself seeing everything from our own perspective and not in a broader way these are little, well, I don't know how to say, wraps on the head. These are little slaps upside the head. These are little bumps that life gives us that says, hey, not business as usual. Boom. I'm going to bump you sideways. <laughs> hey, wake up. Okay. Um, don't you see uh, how much trouble or how you're victimizing oneself, self-victimization. And this is a never-ending thing. It's sort of like when we, when we, if monks shave their head as a sign of, you know, commitment to their path and not being concerned with vanity, okay, their hairstyling and everything. Boy, hair grows back. This is a process, you know. It's an everyday thing. So that's why (laughs) I think these kind of Dharma glimpses are terrific. Well, I come to the last of our puns, as I mentioned before. I think it's kind of nice to have a smile. And I always remember a good Dharma friend who, um, middle-aged lady, and she and she always listened to car talk on Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. Syndicated show, and it's also syndicated column in newspapers. Car talk is two brothers who give advice um, to riders in and callers in that who are having trouble, mechanical trouble with their cars. And I know that this lady has no interest in car repair. And she told me, she said, yeah, she says she doesn't. But they're so funny. 
they have such a sense of humor that she always laughs. And this is really true. They are. And she says to be able to laugh, she really looks forward to that. And in this kind of a context, I think the value of a laugh, a smile, has influenced this journey in terms of how effective one can travel on that path rather than an always scowling, looking out for ways that we're offended. And it sort of stimulates an, an openness. Humor does. Humor is a tremendous tool, <laughs> you know, a way to handle the unexpected, how to accept the unacceptable in terms of life, what life throws us and everything. So, well, I don't have to defend the value of humor in physical health and also spiritual health. Here are the last three puns that I received in an email some months ago. First one. All the toilets in New York's police stations have been stolen. The police have nothing to go on. Number two. I got a job at a bakery because I needed dough. Bakers might like that. And the last one, the third one. Velcro, what a rip-off. That's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, keep laughing, and you have a very beautiful day. Thank you.